music from the 1985 movie To Live and Die in L.A., which is semi-appropriate for this show because uh, I'm featuring a friend named Ernie Brown who grew up there in South Central Los Angeles, and he made it out, and he now lives in Las Vegas, and we're in frequent contact. And welcome to podcast number four. Wow, already up to number four. Time flies when you're having fun, and I am having fun. I hope you're enjoying this too. I'm delaying the uh, jazz series one week because during this last week, Ernie contacted me and said, I've, I've got some stuff that I recorded that might fit in perfectly with your podcast. So I'm going to feature Ernie and some of his uh, writing on this show. He asked me to read some of his stuff, and uh, he reads some of his own stuff too, which I grabbed from his website. And you'll notice right away that he sounds like a uh, professional <laughs> announcer, and I sound like a podcaster. He's got this really resonant, deep voice. Sounds great. I'm going to start by reading the introduction he wrote on his website. My name is Ernest Brown. I was born and grew up in Los Angeles, California, South Central. I wrote my first poem about an old oak tree while in the seventh grade. Having survived a brain operation, coma, and paralysis at age 17, I went on to graduate with honors from Thomas Jefferson High School. I attended college in East Los Angeles before embarking upon a career in sales and merchandising with the Hoibling Corporation. I relocated to Las Vegas, Nevada in 1977 and worked in the hotel and gaming industry and management for many years. I also worked in the transportation industry before retiring in 2008. I have two wonderful sons and was a single parent for many years. Over those years, my innate love for writing never waned. It's all about people and our collective experiences that make our lives on this earth worthwhile. I hope in one or more of these stories, you will find a dimension of yourself. You have to realize, listening to this, that Los Angeles, South Central, through the 90s was a very dangerous place to live. Crips, the bloods, the gangs, uh, the cop busts, the drugs, the whole bit. I asked Ernie about this, how he made it through the, uh, the environment, and he said he just kept his eye pretty much on the goal of bettering himself and I think getting the hell out of there, which he did. I mentioned that Ernie had a website and I'm going to get some stuff from it uh, to put up here that Sounds much better than what I just read, because he reads it. And the website is called NevadaPoet.com. And he has, he must have well over a hundred short pieces on it. Most of them uh, poems and some longer stuff. He'd asked me to read two pieces on the podcast, uh, but I found a couple that he'd recorded which I'm going to play because they sound the way they should, rather than me reading them. And then afterward, I'll read one longer piece that he didn't record. You'll pick up on a strong spiritual sense as you listen to these. The first one is called, I Wonder. I wonder about this life I live. I'm truly blessed. 
creative talent to give. And I wonder about the stars in the sky and why, tell me why, do we have to die? I wonder about the billions and billions of people who've gone before. They're unable to communicate across the threshold of life's forbidden door. And I wonder how the world was conceived and how many people, how many people have faith and truly, truly believe. And then I wonder what makes a baby cry? What induces a lover to sigh? I wonder why so many people hate. And you know what? They find it so very, very difficult to relate. And then I wonder why others, they find it hard to smile. Ironically, they're reaching, reaching for love all the while. And keeping these things in mind, I wonder if the people of the world Will they ever, ever come together in peace from their shackles of hate and ignorance? Will they be released? And finally, I wonder, are you, are you truly, truly able to be fine? those treasures so very, very abundant in your minds. But you know what? It's sad. It's so very sad. In your daily lives, somehow, you just aren't able to find. Yes. I wonder. And I wonder. Do you wonder? Continue to wonder. Don't stop. And what about those stars so bright? They're shining, shining to the unending night. And I was wondering, too, as I listened to this, how many people in the ragged, tough landscape of South Los Angeles are thinking the same thoughts Ernie had or has looking back on his life then. And the next piece is The God in Me. It's a description of how tapping into this realization allows us to appreciate the beauty of the world. And the beauty of the world includes not only our appreciation of nature, but of one another, that we're all related. We're related to nature, we're related to one another, and I, I see it as a plug for the sanity of Eastern wisdom. My take, not Ernie's, but I think he'd agree with me. 
So here it is, the God in me. Thank you, Father. The God in me that allows me to see what really needs to be. Oh, it's the God in me that allows me to appreciate the simple, the simple beauty of a tree. Yes, the God in me allows my inner sun to shine and to appreciate those worldly possessions I so thoughtlessly call mine. The God in me, oh, he allows me to live. That puts that love in my heart so that I might freely give. The God in me allows me to open my eyes in the morning. And yes, he's there to close them at night. It's the God in each and every one of us. You know what he does? He brings us from the darkness to the eternal light. something back to have undying trust because for me oh the Lord has done so much God in me gives me strength to totally be dedicated and know of a truth all all men are related. Yes, it's the God in me. It's the God in each and every one of us.
you'll notice that both Ernie's recordings and mine of his stuff, and I think everything I do on my podcast uh, has some music in the background. I think it helps. Uh, if you don't think so, tell me, and I'll, I'll, I'll do less of it. I won't stop because I like it. Here's a short piece called Listen to the Spirit. Listen to the Spirit. It talks every single day. Open your heart. Accept what it has to say. The Spirit's guidance is errorless in every way. When your heart is heavy, bills you cannot pay, listen to the Spirit. You hear it every day. When you crave that loved one you cannot have, listen to the Spirit and you won't feel so bad. When you lose a loved one and want to cry, suddenly your husband or wife says goodbye. Listen to the Spirit. It takes the pain out of your sighs. Listen to the Spirit. It's your friend in every way. Whether you realize it or not, it speaks to you every second of every day. Some good advice there for the sick at heart. I think if Confucius were alive today, he'd write something like that. Good advice. Okay, here's the last reading from Ernie's website. It's called Reflections of My Youth. I don't know if you caught my television history episode. I think it's number two. It's kind of the same thing, kind of a look back at your childhood and what, what kind of things influenced you. Mine was mostly about television and Tales of Tomorrow. Uh, Ernie's is about a little of everything. It's kind of fun to listen to. Reflections of my youth. When I was growing up, my family was healthy. That is to say, we were considerably less than wealthy. Our everyday staple was beans and sometimes greens. The only steak we saw was on the TV screen. The main source of entertainment? Radio. We would all sit in the dark on the floor. The fact that no celebrity ever came to our door those evenings listening to Amos and Andy were never a bore. The highlight of the month was a championship fight. Everything would be so exciting, we could hardly wait for the night. We didn't worry about the fashions of the day. I remember putting cardboard on my shoes to make the holes go away. Yes, we were healthy, but certainly not wealthy. My rotund aunt was a great cook. We didn't have time to worry about how she looked. As a third son, I seldom got anything new. I used to wonder, was my life secondhand too? My brothers and I thank God for the first day of school. New shoes, Levi's and shirts, we usually got as a rule. Can one forget old Buster Brown and Ty, the dog who lived in the shoe? I remember Roy Rogers' lunch pails we could never afford. My aunt's main concern was filling that brown paper sack. We didn't know the meaning of the question, how about a snack? Chicken wings and kidney beans. In my youth, I didn't know what a Brussels sprout was all about. When my aunt would bake, whether it be pies, cookies, or cake, we would always vie for the batter pot. But more often than not, part of the spoon was all that I got. How could I forget those fantastic popcorn balls, the homemade ice cream, the candy, and all? In the good old days, our main source of transportation was a homemade coaster. Nowadays, kids zip around on motor-fast roadsters. Every Sunday, we went to the church, for sure, although most of the time I found it a bore, except that I could really relate to the gospel singing. Many were the times I sat in the lap of my sister with my head swinging. In those days, church lasted most of the day, and if you tried to get out of going, no way. As I look back, I realize that day in church helped my aunt make it through the next week. 
She needed strength and assurance so her faith could keep. To this point there has been no mention of Papa, but he was the backbone of our home, although many times he had to stand alone. Papa made a way when there wasn't any. We didn't have material things, but there was love aplenty. He had no vocation or trade, but a way for us Papa always made. After church, some Sundays, we were allowed to go to the show. That's, of course, if my aunt and uncle's funds weren't too low. The music would set my heart dreaming, my mind's eye scheming about the many things I'd do when I became older, because certainly then I'd be much bolder. For me, the movie house wasn't just for the picture show. It was much, much more than just another place to go. When I entered the old strand, I was no longer a youth. Suddenly, I became a man. My fantasies and dreams would swirl, for surely I was in another world. That music took me eons away. It haunts me to this very day. There, there on the silver screen, I traveled so far. Suddenly, instantly, I became a star. Unless you're living in Bridgehampton, Long Island, or some other outrageously filthy rich place, <laughs> I think you could identify with a lot of what Ernie was saying. Even if you were middle class, the childhood joys like getting the bowl after your mom made fudge, or the popcorn balls, or a lot of things like that. I used to take maple syrup and boil it in the winter and go out and dump it on the snow so it would have these, these large strands of solid maple syrup. It was great. It doesn't take much for children to enjoy themselves. And I think Ernie did a good job of, of demonstrating this. So this show has been my recognition of Ernie's uh, talents and his ideas. And I hope he's happy with it. And I enjoy doing it. And I hope you enjoyed it too. So see you next week for podcast number five. And more on jazz. Which will be not history. That's impossible for me to do a history of jazz from 1920 to the 60s or 70s. I realized this after watching a lot of Ken Burns the uh, jazz series. So what I've decided to do is uh, give you highlights of my favorite stuff chronologically and uh, say a few things about it, stuff I picked up and uh, some interesting facts. So see you then. I've got to stick a little addenda on here. Um, Buster Brown always bothered me. I mean, here's this guy, you know, short pants, which is fine because I live in Florida. We wear short pants. He's got this funny hat on. You know, imagine going into a bar. He's going, he goes into a bar. He's kind of like, I need some company. So he goes in a bar. He sees this attractive woman sitting at a bar, you know, alone. He says, well, it's worth a shot. So he goes over and sits next to her and smiles. And she looks at him and looks at his hat and, and smiles because she's supposed to. And uh, he says, you know, how are you doing? And uh, she says, uh, yeah, I'm, do I'm fine. How are you? I'm fine now. Uh, so what part what part of town do you live in around here and this is kind of a forward question uh but she says yeah i live uh, a few blocks from here where do you live and he says oh uh i live in a shoe <laughs> i live in a shoe she looks at him for a long time and doesn't say anything because she realizes immediately all the red flags go up this guy is a little dangerous he's not quite all there but she humors him because he's dangerous. So she says, oh, you live in a shoe. Are you, uh, do you live by yourself? Oh, no, I'm, I'm not by myself. Uh, I have a dog. He lives in a shoe, too. 
I mean, even for a 10-year-old, this has got to be a little bit absurd. I don't remember exactly how I took it, but uh, it kind of stuck with me. Mm -hmm.